Hey, hey, it's Little Kalan coming at you today, February 26th, letting you know that you're in my thoughts always. Uh, yesterday, I had an emotional moment because uh, the fact that I've uh, looking through my uh, video catalog and um, uh-huh. investigations, and I've seen my mother's Jamal. deathbed uh-huh. uh, episode, and um, it was very sad uh-huh. seeing her like that, hard, you know, stricken. Jamal. They really, really messed her up. She wasn't uh-huh. sick at all. She definitely uh, uh-huh. suffered and um, uh-huh. just being abused and told that she didn't have any rights, you know, um, uh-huh. in her situation. It was very sad for me to listen to them talk to her and tell her that, you know, Mrs. Gray, you don't have any say-so over your well-being anymore. So that means that you put her on the termination list for COVID. See, this is what you do. You put them on your list for termination. And that's like uh, Soylent Green. You remember that movie? But they, who knows? We might be eating each other. We don't know. But they get put on a termination list to where they are listed as someone that's going to be terminated from society to make room for everyone else just because she's elderly you see this is the type of stuff that they do in these uh, situations you know they take advantage of the elderly and the young but in this case it's the young taking advantage of the elder my mother was hassled by Chelsea and the sheriff's department for years you know, coming to the door, knocking at the door, Jamal. kicking the door down, talking about she owes something uh-huh. she doesn't owe. She was harassed a lot by the common pleas, uh-huh. the common pleas courts and uh, the sheriff department. She didn't deserve that because she wasn't the person that they should have been harassing. Joe Smalls, he put out his extortionist vendetta and blackball. He got besides himself. He don't know who I am. He didn't know who I was. But he do now. See, this is the type of thing that, you know, in society for black people, they prey on other black people. Excuse me. In the white society that is prejudiced, what they do, they employ the blacks to do the blacks in. You can't get a black without a black. White folks know it. It's racist. They have to have a black to get close enough to them or be close enough to them to do another black in. Like in my case, my family, yep, my friends, my relationships, in business, Relationships with people. 
Because the simple fact they cannot get close enough to you without them. It's just like the whites could not do anything to me and my mother without the blacks turning a blind eye. Stand quiet, silent, and cowardice and not saying anything about civil rights for my mother and myself. They knew. They filmed at News 12, 6, and 11. They were outside filming things when they were coming to the doors, knocking down the doors, filming, because I made it loud. I, I was boisterous. They assaulted me at the door when I tried to go in the door and see what my mother had to say, and they didn't want me to go back in the building. They said I wasn't allowed back in my mother's house. They told my mother she didn't have any say-so over what they were doing. Kim Hoots was constantly sending her fraudulent letters from her office. Saying Ross Perlman. When it was really Joseph Smalls. They all ganged up. Cooper was down at her courts, lying, wouldn't let me speak, muted me in the court, and let Tyrone tell those lies about he is the building manager. When I stopped that, then it went to Cardwell. See, this is the ongoing extortionist way of America that they do to people that are innocent and trying to do things the right way in this society on how this country was built. You come here, you work, you earn what you get. You don't take what you get, you earn what you get. You earn your respect in society. You don't go out there demanding your respect in society. You're teaching the population of the young the wrong way in today's society because you're teaching them to extort and you're teaching them to have babysitting jobs that prostitute other kids. So you can't tell me that this is the productive way to do things in this society that we have going today. Because as I see it, It's an abomination as far as propaganda. See, the population has been propagandized. You understand? So, why don't we do something to try to stop it? Like, put her, put our minds together, our heads together. In solidarity and try to do something different that's positive and constructive in society. Just like rebuilding your infrastructure, you have to rebuild the infrastructure of the people with from within. And stop teaching them to rob their neighbors. Like you taught them to rob me. Everything you do comes back on you. 
and you make it worse. Don't think I know, don't know what you do. But it doesn't even matter anymore because as of December 31st, 2021, 12 o'clock midnight, all of that old Dr. Dre, Jay-Z, propaganda is over with. Because of the fact that I will no longer allow it. Do you think really, after you murdered and ordered the execution and murder of my mother in that hospital, UPMC, Shadyside, and with assistance of hospice and Mount Lebanon, Rehab Wellness Center. Together they murdered my mother. I watched them. I was in there. They kept me out of there four weeks, the last four weeks of my mother's life before she died. They let me in, let me back in when I was able to go to Mount Levin Rehab and see her. As long as I was at UPMC Shadyside, they wouldn't allow me to get in to see any more of their Kaborkian tactics on existing people to die. And the Mount Lebanon Rehab assisting them for her to die in their facility because they sent her there to die. And I want their heads on a platter. And if you think I'm lying, then call me on it. I'm challenging you. I'm challenging you, UPMC, Shadyside, to say I'm wrong. And I'm challenging you, Mount Lebanon, Rehab, Wellness Centers, to challenge me as well. Because I've seen you bringing her gruel. You wasn't feeding her lunch. Because whatever you did to her, she lost her appetite to eat. And the food that you gave wasn't the best food in the dietary department. I inspected everything. I know because I cooked for my mother every day and I know what she liked and I know what she didn't like. You didn't like the fact that my presence was there at Shadyside every day, sleeping outside in my car, making sure all night that I can get back in early in the morning. You wanted her to be able to be alone so you can say her son did not take care of her. He was unfit. But I blew your ship out of the water on that because I was there every day. That's the reason why you gave me those fraudulent tickets on Saturdays. Ticketing me on Saturdays when Saturdays and Sundays were the only two days in the city that you cannot ticket people because the staff at the hospital parked right out in front of the hospital on Saturdays and Sundays.
I learned these things while I was down there checking out my mother and keeping an eye on her. That's the worst hospital that they ever had. My mother didn't die in it, but she darn near did. They had their hands on her and they said they were guardianship. So she died on your watch. You're responsible. And I'm, I want your hands on a platter. Your lawyers, judges, everyone's involved said they had guardianship. I want your heads. My aunt died in that hospital, Shady Side. I witnessed it myself, me and my mother. Shady Side, UPMC, that she was in there in the intensive care. They couldn't even tell us what was wrong with my, my aunt. When we asked her, when we asked them, but we would go in there and she would be unattended with no food. The food was cold. It was food, but nobody fed her. It was cold, so I had to heat it up by going to one of the local microwaves that they used and heat my mother's food, my grandma's, I'm sorry, my aunt's food up and feed her, hand feed her myself. That's why I tell her son, Lester, you don't know me, man. I was in that hospital with my mother when you weren't even around. Making sure your mother was all right. Going around to your mother's house, making sure that. I apologize the other day. I said it was your wife, but it wasn't. It was the other woman that your sister used to deal with. Tamika. She's the one who kicked down the door. But your wife threatened her a lot of times, said she was going to go around and do something to her when her and her mother was feuding with your mother. You think I don't know these things, family, but you know, your, your mother, she talked to me a lot because I listened. My mother talked to me a lot and I listened. The thing about it is, is a lot of people think they know and they don't know nothing. You think that I cared about you more than I cared about my mother? My family thought that? Chulu honestly thought that I care about them more than I care about my mother. So when my mother's not there, I will turn to you. You weren't there for my mother when she was little, as a child. You would steal her money that her father and her uncles would send her and go to school and wouldn't buy her a thing. Leave her starving and hungry. I want to make you feel guilty, Aunt Tulu, because the simple fact is that my mother told me a lot about growing up. That's the reason why I'm writing her life story, her memoirs, Chocolate Dreams, the lifetimes and story of Mabel Gray coming up, Mabel Dean coming up in the self back in her times. She told me a lot that's in my mind over those years. She liked to talk about those things. She liked to talk about her coming up as a child it was so nice, but she was struggling so much in poorness and poverty. But she had a doctor 
Dr. Burston on the plantation that owned it. She speak, spoke highly of this doctor. She said he took care of her and her family. She cared and they cared and he cared about saving lives. He didn't care about the skin of your color and nothing about that. He came down in those woods and got those people when they were sick and saved their lives and they were black. Dr. Burston. My mother speaks highly and have spoken highly of him. And he's taken care of and saved lives of her family members. And helped her when she was stricken and sick as a child. Yes, brothers and sisters, this is a white man that I'm talking about. Back when times when doctors cared about saving lives, you know, they would come to your house and give you a house call. Now it's all insurance companies like UPNC getting together, banding together and buying up all the struggling hospitals that need help to function independently to be able to get away from the Ma Bell type tactics where they get together and monopolize everything to whereas the patient could not have a say so or they choose and pick who lives and who dies. That's UPMC's tactic. All I'm saying is people deserve a second chance and a, and a person to get a second opinion from. That's the reason why I say AHN. Their doctors more or less practice doctrine and medicine Letting the doctors have the say so on the patients because those are the ones who know what's best. Insurance companies don't know. You're just a file. You're just a piece of paper. You're a number. And your statistics and status is what they look at. And race. And they determine who lives and who dies or who gets treated and who doesn't. That's why we do the things we do in life to try to better ourselves and prosper because we want to try to have something better. We want to be able to have people caring about each other enough to save them, not care about them less and not save them. My mother was a victim of the status quo circumstance that they choose to put on society and say that's their way of having a license to kill with the COVID. Because we know that's a made-up disease and it was spread it more from your mouth than actually seeing any statistics and data on it. We know it comes from starting from the 5G towers and zapping people 
when that got caught up to them, they jumped to something else on how to do it. So all I'm saying, my people, my brothers and my sisters, is that we got to always keep our eyes open on the big brother. Always concocting something to try to keep society in their grip. Slowing them down in a way to where they don't have anything to say about anything. Nothing. I witnessed the security in Shetty's side telling my mother, you don't have anything to say so about your well-being anymore, ma'am. That hurt me bad because I was inside the demon's lair. And I couldn't help my mother. I couldn't pull her out the demon's grasp and grip because they have got guardianship within the common pleas because my mother had litigation in the common pleas against Joseph Smalls, whom they're in, in extortion relationships with, and them because I put civil action on Joe with a complaint as well as them for kicking down her doors for years. So they knew that she had the rights to come back at them and do something as far as damage. So they had to stop this. So they murdered her first to shut me up about my mother because I constantly told them about my mother and to leave my mother alone. So they took her out of my hands and murdered her for the last four weeks in her life I couldn't see her and they told me to not come on the premises while they dope her up with all that garbage that they have in there in their Comborkian hospital. Assisting people when they don't want to be assisted to die. Now, if Dr. Comborkian got put in jail for that, why not them? I'm just letting you know, brothers and sisters, that this is how society is in this world, in this whole complex matrix. This matrix is consisting of people that are not good, but the good people always get taken advantage of and always get left behind. Because society is so bad with corruption. The United States of America offended my mother and, and insulted her and offended me and insulted me. I demand apology from you because you robbed my mother from her bucket list, stealing my $159,000 from the Social Security. And it was a black man that worked at the Social Security and East Liberty that told me that's what you were doing. And that $159,000 times now that's what you were supposed to give me. And you stole it and you split it up in extortion. So with penalties and interest right now, 159,000 times 40 plus years, that's millions. 
You owe me, United States. You can't keep on going on with this plan with my money in your pocket and extortion and everybody is prospering, buying new cars, homes, everything on my money. Running the bills in their house on my money. I paid into all of those programs because you were taking my money and running those programs with my money in the government. So those women, I pay for all your WIC. I pay for all your Section 8. Your lie heap. Your affordable housing. So can I get something back? Can I get an apartment? I spent all those years taking care of my mother and doing what I was doing for society to put into it. And you took even more by robbing me for my royalties, for my music. I have music all over the place, catalogs everywhere. And the government has copyrights that I've paid for with the copyright office. And what did they do? Let Joe Biden and Obama extort me. And I paid for protection with the copyrights office in the United States. And you mean to tell me I cannot get an apartment around here with these people that then stole from me? Joan at the manor and Joan at the towers. She was a known extortionist with Art Rooney and all that crap. I went to her in good faith. Trying to do good business. Good business. She played games. She called herself burning me. But not giving me anything through prejudice to saying that I failed because of background check. One, I don't have a felony. I don't have any convictions of any charges, anything like that. So that was a lie. She lied. Two, she said background check on credit. Well, everyone's in the towers and managers and manor, I'm sorry, in their management, real estate business, is pretty much on Section 8 welfare and Social Security. So how come they passed on uh, credit checks and I didn't. I don't think too many people in there are going to be passing on any credit checks. Credit background checks. And it was a lie about the criminal background check because I have no felonies or any convictions of anything. So Joan lied. You know, these are people that work together and they plot and they scheme. And that was rental discrimination. Look, I didn't want to have to put the girl out into my podcast program, but well, the woman, I didn't want to put the woman out into my podcast program, but she kind of angered me with her unprofessionalism. And I had to come back with her to her with some professionalism. And I spoke to her and I told her, I said, like, Joan, I said, uh, I don't have any felonies or any convictions. So the background check was a lie. And the credit check, how many people in your building that's on Section 8 and Social Security and welfare that's getting credit and can pass a background check? Have a nice day. That was it. 
Now I'm figuring she would be a stand-up woman and send me an apology in the mail for insulting me with civil bigotry. Because I can't make a problem about that with them and say she denied me out of bigotry and these are the reasons because the simple fact is how many people in that place that are on social security and welfare are going to pass any credit checks and then I have no felonies and no convictions so nothing came back on me it's the common pleas that wants me to come down there and they want me to play those bogus charges that they put on me with those bogus tickets. They're saying on Saturday in front of the Shadyside Hospital, who's all together in extortion with the parking authority in Hertzburg. <clears throat> you think people don't know about you, don't you? You think you're just going to do things so sneaky with your invisible empire that people don't know. But they know you're not so invisible. You're being abrupt and rude. You're murderous. You're killers of the innocent, children and the elderly, the young and the elderly. I've witnessed it. How can you bust two slugs in a kid's chest while he's sitting in his school van getting out of school? ready to go home. You're murderous when you have those L.A. crews in here because that's all they do is gangster type shit. That's all Dr. Dre do is killing. It has to be some killing in it. Unfortunately for you, you're the victims because the simple fact you don't have me in there to be performing for you and you to blame it on. So you're the victims of Dr. Dre's Killing shit because you got to perform. You, you, you can't deliver and say it's me anymore and fraudulently put it on me and say that. You're liars at most and best. So I'm just letting you know today, my brothers and sisters, that our awareness is the best thing to be in this society. Having awareness is the best way to be. So you won't be sleeping. Do what you got to do for yourself to get better and prosper and go forward without the baggage of misery. Because misery loves company at all times and they'll try to keep you in it every day. In every way. And keep you from getting your pay because they want to take it and extort it. That's all they want to do. Be one with Allah. Walk in the path of the righteous with God. Try to do your best. If you don't do anything else but try. Don't just throw in the towel and say, I ain't going to never do good. I ain't good for nothing. Well, then if you do that, you're not. So, put yourself in a position to where you can get yourself better. 
not worse. I'm going to make the dog today one of those days to where it's, it's a weekend day. And it's a beautiful day outside. Every day is a beautiful day, beautiful day, but it's brisk, baby. It's cold. Sunshine is bright. But Jack Frost is nipping at your nose. You know, so it's one of those things where the day is kind of chilly. And I just like to thank everybody for listening to me. And I thank everybody for, you know, letting me know through the inboxes how you feel. Talk to me about it. Get it off your chest because you know what? When you hold it, you're going to explode. It ain't going to come out right. You might go postal. So vent and let it out. Talk to me. Tell me how you feel about the commentary on the so- on the shows that we talk about, the things and the topics that we talk about on the shows. Because you are someone and you have an opinion too. And I would like to hear from you. I hear from some of you. Some of you, you just come up to me and tell me about it. But I want to hear about you on the show with a little commentary. Might do a personal interview sometime. Let you vent. But I would like to reiterate on the venting so I can get some points in as narrator and commentator of the situation. I thank you very much for being my audience. Listening to me in happiness and in sadness, being loyal followers and fans of my podcast. I'd like to say that I'm indebted to have you in my life. This is my outlet for me to get better on dealing with the murder of my mother by these culprits. I'm able to express myself and get it out without holding it in and blowing up explosively. So I would like to thank you, audience, for being my friend and listening. God bless you for you Christians, for you Buddhists, Go well with Buddha. Go well with Buddha. Walk in the path of Buddha. For the Muslims, of course, walk in the path of the righteous. Have a good afternoon. And I will talk to you tomorrow.